This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, December 7th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who unfortunately had to dust off the old sports sweatshirt, Jerem Jordan. Oh, jeez. I only wear this uh, when BYU loses uh, on a Saturday. So here we are. The undefeated season, the uh, the perfect season is over. Frustrating loss. Uh, we'll, we'll break it down uh, today, and there's lots to discuss there and, and what now. But at the end of the day, all we are is sports in the wind. Kansas, Michael Scott. Black Monday. Here's your show lineup. Coastal chaos indeed. What happened? And what now for BYU football? ESPN's Trevor Maddich will answer both of those questions, plus how BYU football can rebound and hold on to the title of special season. An emotional interview with Isaiah Kafusi post-game has gained all types of reaction. We'll show it to you again. And BYU basketball moves to 5-1. and one. Are the Cougars pacing for an NCAA tournament spot? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Number 13, BYU football loses 22-17 at number 18, Coastal Carolina Saturday. Cougars finish the game one yard short of a win. Dax Milne, oh! Shades of Kevin Dyson, Super Bowl 34. It's Cougars' first loss of the season after a 9-0 start, and BYU drops 14-16 in the AP and coaches poll, respectively. We'll see what the college football ranking uh, comes out with Tuesday. BYU hosts San Diego State, regular season finale, we think. Who knows? BYU schedules one on December 19th. Coming up Saturday night. BYU men's basketball beat Utah State 67-64. It marks the Cougars' ninth straight win over the Aggies. <laughs> Nine in a row. Alex Barcelo led the Cougars with 23 points, five rebounds, two assists, and a couple of steals. Cougs back in the Marriott Center to host a pretty good Boise State team on Wednesday. Tip-off set for 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain, live on BYU TV. And there's a pregame show associated with that as well. Yes, there is. Uh, Taysom Hill led the New Orleans Saints to a 21-16 win against the Atlanta Falcons yesterday. Second time in three games. If only Taysom Hill can play the Falcons every week. He's played every other week, I guess. Hill now 3-0 as the starter. He threw his first two touchdown passes in the NFL. He can't pass! He, and, and he came to pass. Kyle Van Noy had three sacks, eight solo tackles for the Dolphins in a win against the Bengals. And Sione Takitaki returned from the COVID reserve list for three tackles in the Browns' win against the Titans. Look at the Brownies! 9-3! What? They're going to finish with the winning record. They have a better record than the Seahawks? Beat the Giants. BYU women's basketball, speaking of Utah State, will take on the Aggies tonight at 8 Eastern. BYU leads the all-time series 37-4 over it's the 37 Aggies. 37-4. Shaley Gonzalez, averaging 17.5 points per game, named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week in the last week of November. Good luck to the ladies. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Apparently, Teal Nation is the real nation. Coastal Carolina holds off a furious comeback attempt by BYU 22-17 in what many national experts are calling the game of the year thus far in college football based on the unexpected buildup and the product on the field. I'd go Clemson-Notre Dame on that one, but yeah. Jerem, what happened to BYU on the now infamous teal turf. 
Coastal Carolina did two things we weren't prepared for. One was, well, one, they owned the trenches. I thought BYU would be better uh, you know, suited to run the ball effectively, although 6.3 yards per carry, but BYU didn't, didn't pass protect as well as we thought. Pro Football Focus said this was the second worst pass protection performance for BYU next to UTSA. And then, uh, yeah, BYU didn't win is what happened, right? 17 points for one of the top offenses in the country. The number one offense uh, per drive, 17 points. Both teams had 11 possessions. That's enough to score. High 20s, low 30s for BYU. Uh, Yeah, BYU took this game, and they knew what it was when they picked it up. Right? You remember that story, the seminary story with the snakes? You knew what I was when you picked me up. The snake was, Coastal Carolina is good. You see Coastal Carolina, you think, ah, this is going to be a win. And that's what I thought. I thought BYU would play better in this. They did not. They did not defend the rush very well. 5.2 yards allowed. uh, 281 rush yards allowed. Uh, Third down and manageable. Big storyline here. BYU 9.4 yards per third down. And then 4.6, I believe, uh, or 4.94. Coastal Carolina. That was frustrating. I I thought BYU would play better. I thought defensively BYU would be able to stop Coastal Carolina a little bit better. But as Isaiah Kafusi said, Against Navy, BYU had three weeks to prepare. Here they had two. I'm acknowledging, though, that BYU knew they had to when they took the game. So that, that's, uh, that's the frustration. And now BYU loses, and uh, the national narrative is positive relative to BYU. Yay for taking the game. Yay for giving us a great game. But it, when the dust settles, BYU sits alone going, oh, New Year's Six, it's over. Like the dream season of New Year's Six is done. And that's really disappointing. Isaiah Kafusi, as you said, added, this is what we signed up for. We knew what we were getting into. I thought Coastal Carolina had an incredible game plan. That shotgun triple option is something that is very unique to college football. And because they won the battle in the trenches, BYU's defense just could not get off the field. Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's time of possession against Coastal Carolina was nine minutes fewer then the Cougars season average. BYU typically holds on to the ball for just over 31 minutes a game against Coastal Carolina, 22 minutes. Coastal Carolina had the ball for almost 38 minutes against BYU. So you and every other national analyst and me all thought that that would not happen because BYU is going to be able to control the clock with their run game. The defense is stout. They just could not get off the field. And a fumble by Tyler Algier yeah. didn't help the cause yep. in the second half. The holding call on the first play didn't help. Either. Also didn't help. Because Beery scores a 92-yard touchdown by Neil Powell. I, I'm as less worried about the time of possession as I think you are. Because to me, time of possession is kind of overrated. If you can score, you can score. Like, the difference between four plays and eight plays isn't a ton. But, yes, but yes the like defense got tired. Exactly. But, it, sorry, is BYU's offense uh, top five or not? Um, and is BYU the number one team in points per drive and fourth in points per play going into that game? Yeah. 11 possessions should have been enough, regardless of time, to get high 20s, low 30s, and win the game. There's a, there's a big drop by Gunnar Romney on a fourth down that really cost BYU momentum. BYU was in control for the large, uh, a large part of this game. I, I, uh, I feel disappointed in defensively uh, in it, the inability to get off the field like you're talking about. But I also look at the offense and go, hey, give Zach Wilson a little more time to do his thing. And, oh, by the way, BYU ran for 6.3 yards per carry, so the run was working. 
there were a few play calls that were interesting, right, um, in this game, and, and BYU ends up losing. It's it's disappointing on all fronts. You can you can look around, and there's lots of ways. They missed PAT early for Coastal Carolina. It felt like it was going to haunt them. Should BYU be able to come back and uh, win this? But they did not. I thought that the game plan by Coastal Carolina and that staff was incredible. And I, how do you not, if you're Coastal Carolina, having heard all week long, well, I guess for three days. <laughs> all two days long, three day, two and a half days long. We're not big enough. We're not good enough. BYU's going to come in here, double-digit favorite. Well, why wasn't BYU's game plan incredible then? That's, that, that's where the issue is. I think is, right? BYU had a good game plan. I just don't think the defense was expecting to be on the field that long. I think the BYU defense get expected to be able to get us more yeah. effective stops against Coast Carolina offense. Yeah, it, yeah, there were issues, right? Assignments and, hey, you got to be outside leverage and not inside on this play. And so Linebackers on their the heels a little bit, but that's understandable if why? you're seeing things that are – like, they've seen it on camera, but who knows if there were – and Isaiah mentioned that there were a few little wrinkles that they hadn't seen, you know. It's like, I, I would, I would hope that every game the other team is doing something a little different than they had done. None of this is surprising. It's just disappointing that BYU didn't, didn't win the game. Again, defensively, as, as tough as it was for BYU in time, they gave up 22 points. 22 points is a winning number. Yeah. That's a winning number. BYU's offense needs to score more than three points in the second half. Yes, Yes, and that's disappointing. So BYU loses the game. It is what it is now. BYU lost, and it's, it's tough. Topic two, what now? Where does BYU go from here? Well, we learned yesterday that in the Associated Press poll, BYU goes to number 14, which was very interesting to me because I thought, okay, here's the opportunity for anybody that did doubt BYU to drop the Cougars down towards number 20. Only Wilner did in the AP poll, though. Everyone was high on BYU. Well, and go figure, Pac-12 country, he's had BYU ranked the lowest of any voter all year. It is what it is. Number 14. So then I thought, okay, if they think BYU is the number 14 team in the country after that loss, then clearly they they are respecting the whole picture here. Yes, BYU took the game on two days. There is the moral victory yeah, right there. Yeah, There absolutely is in this instance. Losers talk about margin of victory. In this case, top 20, road game, game day, a lot of chatter. Yeah. So do you expect a six-drop loss in the playoff ranking? Too? No, I don't. I do. I expect BYU to be 18, so technically five, yeah. because a bunch of teams below BYU lost again in the college football playoff rankings. Um, so I think that just by attrition, BYU will fall to number 18. But I, I could be wrong. Why? You know? I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was like what 21. If 21? Yeah. Yeah. What, what if like, they're 21? Yeah. What if they're 21? Oh, won't. BYU yeah. is exactly what the committee said they were. And we let them off the hook. But why, why would you not just switch the two teams? Because it's not that simple. You're right. It's yeah. not that simple. Yeah. But it feels like BYU shouldn't drop eight spots for losing by five points after traveling across the country and being one yard shy of pulling off something magical one yard shy during their, (laughs) what we believe is easily their worst game of the season. The offensive line didn't protect. Well, BYU didn't hold on to the ball. Yeah. Easy to say it's the worst game when they, yeah. So why, why drop them eight spots? Yeah. I don't really care what they're ranked actually, because they'll be in the top 25 and whatever. It's the, it's no New Year's six. There's not a big difference between like 18 and 25, really. Um, once you get into like the top 15, now it's like it, it feels different. I still feel like uh, BYU can salvage something special here. Let me explain. So it's special enough that BYU was playing. 
and played well. Like, think about the ride we just went on. Was, was that a fun ride? It was a fun it's ride. It's still right? a fun ride. The whole season yeah. has made the end of 2020 better for every BYU fan in the grand scheme. It made, to some degree, a pandemic endurable in some form, right? And it's really hard. And there have been some real hard things uh, during this year for a lot of people. But it, it at least gave us something to distract us from the reality of a pandemic year, right? And it's been fun. Now, what... Can BYU still do? BYU Ooh, can still there are things still finish with one loss on the season. How many times has that happened in BYU history? Five times yeah. ever. Okay, and how many times this century, meaning two thousand on, has BYU finished a season ranked in the AP poll? Five times. So BYU can do something for the sixth time, one loss and finished ranked that hasn't happened. So I still think that can be something special. It will always have an asterisk on it because twenty twenty has just been weird, right? But BYU took care of business. Will and it, though? Because BYU, lost. they went and challenged themselves. So I no, feel no, no, no. Like... Because COVID. Like, the whole year, everything about this year has an asterisk. It just does. It's just a weird year, right? That's what I'm saying. I'm not... An asterisk isn't a bad thing, per se. I think you're assuming I'm saying it's bad. Typically, I'm, it's I'm associated with negativity. It's unique. Yeah. That's all I'm saying, that it's unique. Um, that the schedule got blown up. That BYU had a schedule at all. That they scheduled this game. That da, da, da. We'll see what... If BYU can beat San Diego State... Comes in at four and three uh, on Saturday. TBD on a game next week. Not hearing anything, but who knows? And then uh, TBD bowl game. Um, we'll see what bowl game BYU plays in. It won't be the Fiesta Bowl. We know that. So I still think there's something to salvage here. It's not the special with the New Year Six we were hoping for. And oh, by the way, I think Zach Wilson probably finishes top ten in Heisman, but not top five now. Maybe fifth. Maybe maybe. But uh, he's definitely not going to be a, a top four guy anymore. I had a few people but ask I'm still, me. I'm still happy. I'm saying one loss and Zach in the top ten in the first round, second round thing. Like, hey, that's pretty awesome, man. BYU hasn't finished ranked since 2009. Yeah. So you mentioned it's only happened five times this century. It hasn't happened in 11 years. Yeah. As long as BYU takes care of San Diego State, even if they lost it, the bowl game, they're going to finish ranked. It took an easier schedule to do this. It did. They're going to finish ranked for the first time in more than a decade. So... Yeah, and it doesn't happen often when BYU loses one game, so they're holding on to that for sure. I had a couple of people ask me during the long trip home yesterday, what happens if BYU comes in in the college football playoff poll and they're ranked at like 17 or 18, which I don't think is going to happen, but what if? Maybe. And they take care of business against San Diego State and a bunch of teams above BYU lose – and then BYU gets a game on the 19th, and they look good, and they win that game, and they're 11-1. and one. Is there any chance that a bowl game would reach for BYU? A bowl game meaning a In the New Year's Six. And my first, I have a two-letter response to that. My first response was <laughs> no. I mean, it's highly unlikely. It's but more than that. It, it, it feels impossible, right? Yeah, it's not going to happen. No. No. So what is the best bowl game scenario for BYU? <laughs> then became the conversation. Uh... And we can discuss that later in the week or as the weeks go on. But I don't know. And then we'll have this conversation. What, what do you value more, like location or opponent? Like if BYU could play Utah on the 19th or in a bowl game, that would add something to this year for me. I would, oh, that'd be so fun. Because at this point, BYU is playing for pride. They're playing for a one-loss season, right? Just keep what you have. Save. I don't know. It, Try and go 11-1. and one. That'd be awesome. I I'll never complain about 11-1. and one. I never will. That's, a, that's amazing. You know how hard it is to go undefeated? Ask Jim McMahon, Steve Young, 
Taysom Hill, Mark Wilson, Zach Wilson, everybody but Robbie Bosco. Like, it's so hard to go undefeated. That's Trevor Lawrence this year. Like, it's so hard to go. Well, I guess Trevor's undefeated himself. But you get the point. It's, it's hard to do what BYU's hoping to do, which is finish with one loss. Now, what I don't want this to become, and it could, and it could, is 2001, 2008, where yeah. you're like, it was incredible, and then we kind of have a sour taste in our mouth about the end of it. I don't want that to happen. I, I need BYU to finish with one loss, so we're like, hey, and the one loss was by the one yard, and we count that moral victory, and we say, hey, it was fun. It would have been nice to go undefeated, but BYU didn't. But they really, really had a great season in a weird situation. BYU was ready for chaos, and they met it. That's what I want. There are three bowl game scenarios for BYU that I want, obviously outside of the New Year's Six that every BYU fan was hoping for and is 99.999% not going to happen. One against Utah in any bowl game. I don't care yep. where it is. Uh, potato ball, let's go. Two against a ranked team. I just want BYU to play a ranked opponent mm. in the bowl game for context and for another opportunity to go out and say, is a good team. Probably need to be a group of five. A team like Marshall. Would you want? Well, Marshall lost. They just lost to Rice. Uh, maybe Louisiana. they will. Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana. Tulsa. Louisiana might beat Coastal Carolina and win the Sun Belt, Jerem. That could the, happen. These are things I don't care about. That could happen. <laughs> If they do, then I'm in favor of a rematch between Coastal Carolina and BYU. Oh, a rematch. I would I, listen, love that. A rematch would be fun. I would love a rematch against Coastal Carolina. That's probably number one on the list. That'd be fun. Okay, yeah. number one on the list in the bowl game scenarios, rematch. Oh, mine is Utah. See, number no, one is Utah. I, I, yeah, let's go. Probably because BYU just lost to Coastal Carolina. That's where I am emotionally. Like, uh, let's, let's have a full <laughs> week to prepare, you know? <laughs> that situation's hilarious. Like, that, that soundbite in a year is going to sound really funny. <laughs> I it want sounds to play funny. It sounds funny right versus now. Versus over Utah. It sounds funny right now. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. All right. Our question of the day, BYU fans. Two days later, <laughs> how you coping with the loss? I'm laughing to keep from crying, Spencer. Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Bruce Webster answers on Twitter. You told me back in August that by early December, BYU would be 9-1 and one and ranked in the top 20 with its only loss coming to an undefeated ranked team. Yep. I would have been ecstatic. Totally. Hashtag BYUSN. But if you had been told that team was Coastal Carolina, <laughs> that would have changed it. Now, go, hey, they're good, man. They're number 11. Thanks to Brigham. They are. Man, bummer. Okay, coming up, Caleb Lohner breaks his three-point drought. What does this mean for him for the rest of the season? And ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins BYU Sports Nation for another Maddich Monday. Where does he think the Cougars go from here? And can they salvage the special dynamic to this season? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow night, Tuesday night, for a special combined Satake and Pope Coaches show, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app as we recap and preview seven different games in an hour. And there'll be a segment where both are on at the same time, hanging out together. We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Hey, at least BYU basketball won. I felt like I ate a really crappy dinner and then had a nice piece of key lime pie at the end of the dinner. (laughs) 
if the key lime pie had been in the refrigerator for a few days. No, it was nice of men's hoops to win for sure. But it was there was certainly a sting to what happened against yes. Coastal Carolina. And our next guest is ESPN's uh, Trevor Maddich. Uh, we talked about earlier this morning what happened against Coastal Carolina and what now for the Cougars. Zach Wilson in the Heisman conversation, rankings, all of that with ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. All right, Trevor, the day has come. BYU lost a game. And it's a real disappointing one. BYU uh, took the game on uh, essentially Wednesday night, but officially Thursday morning. Raced out to the East Coast. It was this awesome story. Game day was there. And BYU goes down 22-17 to Coastal Carolina. The perfect season is over. What's your reaction to how the game played out? And then we'll get into what now for the Cougars. Well, the game played out kind of opposite of how I expected. I thought that BYU's defense would struggle giving up some big plays because this Coastal Carolina offense is really hard to prepare for even on a full week, much less on a short week, because it's a, it's a modern zone read with RPO passing style offense with triple option elements thrown in, which really complicate how you need to be in what gap, what fill, how you do it. And that often leads to big plays if you're not fully ready for it. But the BYU defense, the longest play they gave up was 20 yards. And they held Coastal Carolina to 15 points below their scoring average. So the defense, even though they gave up some long drives, actually did a lot better than I thought. It was the offense that struggled, especially with that swarming pass rush of the Chanticleers. And that really became the difference in the game. Yeah, it was hard to swallow on a lot of fronts. And let's start to break down what you just said. So first off, BYU's defense. 22 points allowed feels like it should be enough to win. And BYU actually outgains uh, the Chanticleers in the end because of the last drive. But uh, the BYU defense on two days' notice didn't, uh, didn't have the prep time, chose this. But like you said, it was a complicated offense, and it was tough to slow down uh, the Chanticleers to the tune of 5.2 yards per carry. What, where, where did that break down the most for you defensively for BYU? Well, on first down, Coastal Carolina was able to get good positive yardage, which gave them a lot of, of third and manageable, and that's one of the reasons they – averaged about, it was about 50% third down conversions. And that's something that I thought was actually good for BYU, strangely enough. Because once again, they had long drives when they scored. They ate up a lot of clock, but they weren't able to rip off big plays. And I think the reason that there were so many uh, first down positive yards and BYU didn't get as many negative plays against them as I thought they might is because when you are trying to work on a short a short week to get all your assignments squared away, all of your attention and preparation is on that. Be in the right place. Be in the right spot. And I thought they did that pretty well. They weren't able to progress past that in preparation to how do we disrupt them? How do we get behind the line? How do we have them have a negative play on first down? How do we have different kinds of stunts or different kinds of looks that we can get them behind the eight ball, get them behind the chains. They didn't have time to do that in their week of preparation because the whole thing was on the basic fundamental of where do we stand, who do we look at? And on that level, they did really well. But I think if they'd had another three days of prep, they'd have been able to add that extra layer on top, which was these are the things we need to now do on top of being in the right spot to get behind the line and cause negative plays. There weren't many negative plays made by the BYU defense, but I don't blame them for that. I think I blame the short week for that. I think the BYU defense actually did a much better job than they're getting credit for. Yeah, I look at 22 points and I go, hey, that's a winnable number, right? Um, and you, you mentioned the average third down and distance. BYU 9.6, Coastal Carolina 4.9. 
Let's look at the BYU offense. I look at 17 points. This is a top five BYU offense going into the game. This is the number one offense in points per drive. This is an offense that I think should put up more than 17 points. So where was the struggle for BYU in trying to get yards and points? There were two things. The first one was they gave up negative plays. There were too many tackles for loss. There was a really bad sack that knocked them out of field goal position at one point. And so the negative plays stopped some of their drives, whereas negative plays didn't stop the Coastal Carolina drives for reasons that we talked about. Coastal Carolina's defense also was working on a short week, but BYU's offense is less weird, I guess, to prepare for because they don't add that triple option element to it. And so I think they were able to just put their ears back and just go attack in a way that if BYU's defense had tried to do, they would have given up a whole bunch of 60-yard plays. So that's one of them. The other one, and probably the most important thing, is that that swarming Chanticleer pass rush overwhelmed the BYU's pass protection too much. And the clock in Zach Wilson's head had to speed up. There were so many times when he had open guys, but he, he couldn't get to them because he was too busy trying to avoid being sacked. There were other times when he had open guys that he didn't see because he wanted to get the ball out quickly because so much of the time he had to get that ball out quickly. And that disrupted the rhythm between quarterback and receivers. It certainly is a disappointing loss on all fronts. Uh, BYU goes down. So now let's let's look ahead and, and see what's in store well, for BYU. On. Let's look ahead. I, I do want to look ahead, but I do want to say one thing, Jaron. I'm sorry to interrupt you. The clock in Zach Wilson's head, though, is why they didn't score that final touchdown. Mm. He dropped back to pass. He saw his receiver inside the 10 and got the ball out right now. Ironically, he had great pass protection on that. He had plenty of time to scan the field. This was the last play of the game. Had he taken an extra beat, the running back leaked out of the backfield to the left sideline, and he was wide open. The defense busted the coverage. No one was covering him. And if Zach felt like he could have a normal rhythm in the pocket, it may be that he would have seen that, and he would have hit him for the game-winning touchdown. Instead, he saw somebody open. He knew so often he didn't have time to throw and he thought I got to get the ball out now or I might not get it out ball goes out there tackled a yard short of the goal line when the game-winning touchdown receiver was wide open watching the play on the left sideline I don't blame Zach for this I think it was a good choice for him to get the ball out to an open guy while he could but all that pass rush by by Coastal Carolina's defense that sped up his clock for the the game coming up to that point sped up that clock in his head at that point and the opportunity that could have won the game was missed. Shades of Super Bowl 34 with the Rams and Titans and Kevin Dyson, a Ute, reaching out and not getting it as Dax Milne stopped at the one-yard line. Oh, So nationally, the narrative was, oh, man, what a great game. This was fun. This was awesome. Good job by both teams. But we sit here on the BYUN and go, well, yeah, but BYU lost and the perfect season's over, so... Where do the Cougars go from here, in your opinion? Because I think there's still a lot to play for. It's not the special New Year's Six Heisman finalist kind of thing, which might still happen, the Heisman finalist thing, but New Year's Six is, is dead. I still think there's something to play for. It's just not the mega New Year's Six season we were hoping for. They can still have a magical one-loss season, and the team that they lost to was in a crazy COVID, last-second, perfect storm of difficulty for BYU to go win because, once again, that the preparation for that offense is really, really difficult. And uh, I think, though, a one-loss season, if they're able to pull it off, would still be a magical season. And they should get full credit for a magical season. 
the thing they'll need to do, though, is make sure that Coastal Carolina doesn't beat them twice because this San Diego State team is legit. Their defense is solid. Keep in mind that they had a, a last-second game against Colorado, and at the time, Colorado was the leading scoring team, the best offense in the Pac-12, and San Diego State's defense held them to just 20 points. Now, they lost the game, but they held them to just 20 points. So, so this is a legitimate threat to BYU. If they don't come into this game with all their focus and all their emotion and energy fully deployed. So where to go from here? Well, first, they've got to beat San Diego State. Then we'll see who they play in the bowl game, and they have a chance to finish it out and to be very proud of what they accomplished in a covid crazed season that for BYU was probably crazier from a standpoint of scheduling and travel and everything else than any other team in the country. Yeah, it's been an unbelievable ride on all fronts. Just the fact that BYU was playing and has played as many games as they've played. There's just a handful of teams that have played 10 games. Only six teams in BYU history have had one or no losses. So they or five, it'd be the sixth. And then BYU's only finished ranked six times this century, um, would be the sixth. So there's still a lot to play for in that regard. But like you mentioned, San Diego State coming up Saturday. And then we don't know if BYU's going to schedule another game December 19th. And then who knows what bowl game. It won't be a New Year's Six. But uh, BYU football still a couple of games left. And that's good news because guess what? Not everyone's playing. Not everyone's playing in basketball. But here BYU is with just one canceled game so far and still potentially two games left. Yep, and and always remember this too that I, some people have the certainly emotionally for BYU fans it feels like BYU failed in this game. I think it was more that Coastal Carolina came out on fire and they made one more play than BYU. And this feeling that okay, well BYU wasn't good enough. No, I think Coastal Carolina is better than people thought, and BYU still was one yard away from winning that game. Or see the wide open running back on the left sideline from winning that game. So the difference in emotion from what it would have been had they made that last play to what it was when they didn't make that last play is an enormous chasm, enormous. But in terms of the play on the field, it was that close. It was that close. And I think they should get the credit for that close rather than have to deal with uh, the, the being painted with the emotion because it, fa- it fell short. Do you feel like Zach Wilson has dropped out of the top five in the Heisman conversation, or did he stay there after that performance? No, I think he dropped out of the top five. Uh, and the reason is that, you know, he didn't do as well as he could have, and his team didn't help him enough on offense uh, for the first, you know, 58 minutes, 59 minutes of that game. There were some plays left on the field that a Heisman winner or a Heisman top five guy would have been expected to have made. Now, I think he is a Heisman top five guy, but I'm talking about what voters will think and what voters will see, because really this isn't about what he deserves. It's about what 900 voters thinks he deserves. And they're looking for a reason to move people up and move people down. And had that last play scored a touchdown, that would have been his Heisman moment. And those 900 voters would have said, yep, there's this Heisman moment. But because it fell a yard short, enough of those Heisman voters, 900 people will say, okay, there was this Heisman moment. And they fell short. Therefore, I'm looking for somebody else. And that's the way that some of the voters, or at least enough of the voters, think. So I don't think his Heisman worthiness changes at all. As a matter of fact, I think it should be considered to be similar or the same because he did take the team down for that, that drive that fell a yard short after the offense had struggled so much for the entire rest of the game. He rose to that moment and he led them down there. They were a yard short. But that yard will be enough of an excuse for a lot of voters to drop him out of that top five, I think. 
And then Tuesday night with the voters on the college football playoff committee, where do you think BYU ends up being ranked tomorrow night? Well, they'll fall below Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina was at 18. They'll probably go up about five points uh, spots. I think BYU will probably drop down five or six spots. If, if they watch the game, which I think they would have because they do watch the games, they will see that both teams played neck and neck. And it came down to the very end. And that's the kind of game that in the past the committee has rewarded the team that won, but they haven't, they haven't horribly penalized the team that lost. Trevor, we appreciate the time, man. BYU lose for the first time, but uh, San Diego State coming up Saturday, and then we'll see what bowl game the Cougars play in. Yeah, yeah, this feels terrible right now, but this is still a great football team. Thanks, Trevor. CSPN's okay. Trevor Maddich on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Desert First, you know why we show how. Some salient points, as always, by Trevor. Yeah, I, I really wonder where BYU is going to be ranked tomorrow night. And then Zach Wilson, Heisman, what, is this, what does this mean? I think he still finishes top 10. It's just not going to be top 5, I think. It's interesting how if Dax Milne gains a yard and a half more and BYU wins that game, how much the narrative shifts oh. on all of that. For sure. And Trevor brings up a great point, like, right? And, and you gave some insight into this during the break with me, but go ahead and, and tell the people. So Zach Wilson's primary read on this play obviously is Dax Milne, and he spins it. I mean, he sees Dax open, throws a beautiful ball, but if Dax is not open, then his check down is Tyler Algier coming off of a delayed block, almost like a fake, and then he sprints up the top side of the field. Tyler Algier is unmanned and is wide open, and if Dax isn't open – and Zach checks it down. BYU's going to win that game. Tyler Algier's going to essentially walk into the end zone. Yeah, I don't fault Zach for finding Dax. He's one of the top receivers in the country. Uh, he's a guy that, what, did he go over 1,000 in this game? Did he get to 1,000? Like, he's been incredible. He got over He got over 1,000. We haven't even mentioned that. Incredible. Ah, it's tough. And you're always going to see that right after the fact. Like, oh, he should have done this. It's like, in that moment. No, he shouldn't have. He, he did the right He steps up thing. in the pocket. He, he the right looks thing. at one of the top ten receivers in the country, and he gets him the ball at the three-yard line. And it's up to Dax at that point to try and get in the end zone. Hey, you got to wait and throw it in the end zone. It's like, just make the best decision you can. He's been, it's a three-man front. They've dropped eight. There's been pressure still on that all game. So, yeah, tough, tough play. Uh, we, Coastal Carolina makes an incredible tackle. They make a tackle at the goal line. That's perhaps the greatest play in Coastal Carolina football history. Think about it. Okay, coming up. An emotional Isaiah Kafusi from the postgame show. If you missed it, you want to see this. In BYU basketball, now 5-1 and one on the season after a win in Logan. How good are the Cougars? This is BYU Sports Nation. Is that David? This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Saturday, December 12th, 4 Eastern, BYU football top 100 plays. Listen, if Dax Milne gets in the end zone... We had to. We would have had to re-edit that puppy. Mm-hmm. But it airs this Saturday, 4 Eastern, and it will be on demand on the BYU TV after that. I cannot wait to show you that show. If you are a BYU football fan to any degree. And you probably are if you're watching. Any degree. This is must-see television. It's so fun. Fun to make. Such lot, a fun show. A lot of research in this one. Yeah. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. And this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Okay, Taysom Hill threw two touchdowns yesterday, leading the Saints to a playoff clinching win. Will Hill quarterback the Saints to a playoff win? I'm asked to read. I'm 
hoping that Drew Brees is healthy by then, Jerem. <laughs> so I think it'll be Drew Brees leading yeah. the Saints through the playoffs this year. But if Taysom Hill is called upon, I wouldn't put it past him. He's basically done everything that everyone ever said he couldn't do, and he's doing it right now. So I hope I was Drew Brees. I hope, they, I hope he gets healthy. Yeah, I don't, I don't think this will happen because I think Drew Brees will be healthy when this happens. But what if he's not in the first game? Now, the Saints currently would have the only bye because only one team gets a bye. So that gives an extra week for Drew Brees. So, yeah, I don't think so. But minimum three games. No one has a higher winning percentage in NFL history at quarterback than Taysom. He's completing like <laughs> 78% of his passes. Not bad, man. Not bad. BYU basketball now 5-1 and one after a hard-fought Ugly victory in Logan against Utah State in the Spectrum. That's always hard to win there. Jerem, is BYU basketball as a team as good, better, or not as good as you thought they would be right now? They're about as good. It's kind of close. Um, I, I don't know what I thought through six games, maybe four and two, five and one. But, uh, yeah, disappointing loss to USC. BYU didn't even compete very well in that game. So five and one. We'll find out how good BYU is ne- by next Friday because BYU plays Boise State Wednesday, Utah Saturday, at San Diego State next Friday. That will tell us a lot. I feel like you learn more about a team and what they really are when they're not in the comforts of their home floor. And BYU had to go to the Mohegan Sun and play a really good USC team and then get scrappy against St. John's and had to come home and then go right to Logan. This team is An learning. Extra day with the reschedule. This team is learning how to win on the road. Um, there, I, I thought they would be nine and two in non-conference. They're five and one, so they're right where I thought they would be. BYU did not have a single vote in the AP poll this week. They had one last week, so BYU is obviously worse. <laughs> Caleb Loner breaks the 0 for 13 three-point streak, going three of four at Utah State. Do you think he'll be an above-average three-point shooter this season? How should we define above-average? Like above 33 percent? Yes. Like making one for three. Probably not, because it's going to take a lot of makes for Caleb to climb over that number. Hold on. He went from 0 to 17% one game. (laughs) That's what just happened. He's got to go from 17% above 33%. So he's got to shoot like 66%. I expect Caleb to do what Yoli Childs did. I think Yoli shot like 29 or 30% in his first season when he was shooting threes. Yeah, he was bad. Yeah, so I I expect Caleb to be around that as a young player at BYU. He's capable, but it's going to take some time. He'll get to 33% by then. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Good enough. Let's go. All right. Alex Barcelo, not struggling from the three-point line, or really anywhere on the floor for that matter. He's averaging 19 points a game this season. Will Barcelo average 20-plus for the season? I don't think so, and if he does, I think that means that Harding and Averett didn't do enough. So I'm thinking more in the 16 range for Alex Barcelo. Yeah, I I don't anticipate that Alex Barcelo is going to be asked to do as much as he has done in the first six games. I don't want him to get worn out. Not saying that he would, but yeah, let's have some other guys step up. Matt Harms. uh, Colby Lee. Did Colby Lee score against Utah State? Yeah, they played two minutes. I wonder if he got hurt. Richard Harward is trying to find his way on the floor a little bit, you know, and so Alex did a nice job stepping up where Gavin Baxter has not been able to play, but expect the other guys to take more shots. Well, it's more from the other guards, in my opinion. Okay, coming up, our prop picks. And my post-game interview with BYU senior linebacker and captain Isaiah Kafusi. The definition of raw, real, and emotional. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 5-1 men's hoops taking on 2-1 Boise State coming up Wednesday night. Countdown to tip-off. Myself and Tyler Hawes at 8.30. Then the game with Dave Blaine Spencer on BYU TV right after. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. In about 13 years of 
professional broadcasting, I've done a lot of interviews. And I've done a ton of interviews in seven-plus years at BYU TV Sports. But the one I did with Isaiah Kafusi, understandably, will stick out probably forever just because of how raw and real he was. And uh, the captain had some uh, emotion on display following the loss of Coastal Carolina. If you missed it, watch it now. If you saw it, then you probably want to watch it again. It's been an, a remarkable run for this BYU football team to this point. Um, on two days' notice, you come out, take on a top 20 game. Ultimately, you come up one yard short. Where did this team fall short before the final play? Um, there, there's a lot of things I think that um, we can we can point out and analysts will, will look at. And um, I, I think the only thing I tell you is just we fell short, uh, came up short. Uh, we'll watch the film. We'll see where it's at, and um, we'll, we'll get better from this. But it's proud of my team. Our backs were against the wall, but we wanted this. This is what we signed up for. We're, we were, man. I'm just so proud of the guys that we have. Love those guys in locker room. My coaches, athletic director, staff. Just proud of the, the way that we came out. We played with heart and effort and passion and. Uh, couldn't ask for anything more. How would you sum up what the locker room was like that you just walked out of? Um, it, it's there's just people hurting, crying. Um, but but that's just the game of football. We love this game. We love our team. We love who we represent, the, the institution, and our Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, man, we're just it's 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 uh, it's tough to lose, especially when when we have an all season. But. Um, Man, great game. Credit to Coastal Carolina, their team, their staff, putting together a great game plan, really executing, and uh, that, was, that was a great team. That was a great team there that we played, but, uh, yeah. They had the ball for a long time. It was uh, quite a significant difference in time of possession. What was their offense doing um, to, to cause you guys some trouble defensively? Yeah, that's just that triple option. This is, um, you know, we we had three weeks to prepare for Navy in the triple option, and so um, just you just it's you know one person or one guy out of gap or out or not sound, and it just you know they can get away from you. And um, credit to them, great scheme. You know they, they really were kind of knew where to attack at the right times, and um, got to do better. But that's just you know credit to them. Where do you go from here emotionally as you prepare for San Diego State a week from tonight? Yeah, we just got to get better um, all across the board, uh, offense, defense, and special teams. I think that's really the only only way that you know we can finish the season outright is just by getting better, continuing to work hard. Uh, don't have many more opportunities to suit up and, and to play, and so I uh, can't take anything for granted. Just got to uh, you know get back into the film room, get back to practice, and just got to move on. What did Coach Satake say to you guys? Yeah. I, uh, Love that man. Uh, he, he always tells us that uh, you know, sit in the locker room as long as we need to. But the second we leave, uh, we are sons, and fathers, and husbands. And so we need to, to, to continue those roles as we leave the locker room. So uh, his message was just to you know take it in. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. But that the second we leave the locker room, we got to get over it. Back to work. And because uh, people are, are depending on us to be their, you know, their sons, 
<clears throat> their husbands, their fathers, and, and whatnot. So love that message, and he's always preached that to us. What type of BYU team should uh, Cougar Nation expect to show up against San Diego State? Uh, well, we're we're going to be we're going to show up. I'll make sure that as a senior, as a leader, um, that we'll, we'll get better this week. We'll learn from our mistakes, and uh, we'll show up on on Saturday. Isaiah, these interviews are always the toughest to do. We appreciate you taking some time with this and wish you the best of luck a week from tonight. Appreciate it. Go Cougs. Isaiah Kafusi from the Teal Turf after the Coastal Carolina lost 22-17 on Saturday night. We're all crying with him there. You know what I mean? Like, the, we were all feeling the emotion of, oh, man, shoot, BYU just lost, and it's been a special season, and it can still be something awesome but it won't be as awesome as it could have been. And BYU was brave and notable and has been acknowledged as such. Uh, I, know, I know we like to make fun of moral victories here, but the, uh, the media, everyone's been like, hey, props to BYU for taking that game. It's just disappointing that BYU took it but didn't uh, respond enough to win. And that's disappointing. It really is. And uh, you can obviously see it and hear it in Isaiah's, uh, Isaiah's emotions. There. You know what's wild about this? BYU, because they're ranked number 14 in the AP poll, if they take care of San Diego State and win a bowl game, they could legitimately finish as a top 10 team at the end of the season. It's not out of reach, according to the Associated Press, it's, but it's going to be very different from the college football playoff poll. Right, and, and uh, you hope it's a one-loss season, and like I said, it'd just be the, just the sixth time BYU does that, and I hope that BYU finishes strong so that we don't feel like it's 0-1-0-8. Those teams were still good. I'm not saying they weren't. They're just not in the same kind of second tier of awesome seasons in BYU history. And BYU has a chance to have a season like them. Okay, a couple of, uh, coming up, a couple of special rise and shots. Plus our prop picks recap from BYU football and basketball. Who's pacing for spinning the wheel of consequence? This is BYU Sports Nation. Here we go. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and give us that five-star review. Time for our prop pick recap from both the BYU at Coastal Carolina football game and BYU basketball Taking care of business at Utah State in Logan. Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. The first BYU Cougar to score will be... You said Tyler Algier. I said Zach Wilson. You were right. Although the real answer is... It should have been Neil Powell. Yeah, exactly. Number so you get that one. Number two. Who will lead BYU football in tackles? I said Isaiah Kafusi. You had Keenan Peely. It Keenan was had more than Isaiah. But Bracken Elbakri? Bracken Elbakri with 11. Carver's Tony had 10. 10! They were on the field a long time, Jerem. Yeah. Okay, number three. More BYU football sacks. Uh, sacks, Zach Wilson rush TDs, or Colby Lee three-point attempts? Whew. Sacks, one. Wilson rush TDs, zero. Lee three-point attempts, zero. So, Colby played two minutes. Yeah. If Colby had played more. I, I, again, I'm not sure if he uh, maybe tweaked an ankle or something or, or if it was just matchups. He only played two minutes. One sack. Won it. Won that category. One sack. Nice. Number four. Who will be BYU's second leading scorer against Utah State? Mm. I had Connor Harding. Jeremy, I, you won. I had Kobe Lee. Yeah. Lead barely played. It was Caleb Lohner. Those three threes, bro. 
Oh boy, Caleb, 11 points. And last but not least, more points and rebounds combined. Loner, Lee, or Harward? Loner had 17, Harward had four, and Lee had five. I was all in on Kobe Lee. You had Caleb Loner, you won by a sizable margin. So you got uh, two points, and I got nil. I didn't get a single one right. That's what an incredible game we've discovered. (laughs) I think going back to last week, I have one point total. (laughs) So is it seven to one now? Total? Total. Yeah. Yeah. That's bad. All good. Hey, you got some serious run on the uh, top button thing for the for the penalty last week. If by serious run you mean four tweets, <laughs> yes. Serious <laughs> run. All right, uh, BYU fans, how, how you feeling today? That's what we're asking you on Twitter two days after the fact. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Doug Heath on Twitter. I'm just sitting here wishing the field was 99 yards. I recognize, though, that this is a special season. It's just hard to accept that first loss. Definitely. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. In case you missed it, Chaz Ayu met Fonda Bryant, who you met Fonda Bryant as well. She is the lady who reached out to Chaz Ayu when Chaz was tweeting some things that she felt like, hey, he needs some help. Later, Chaz admits, hey, I've, I've been suicidal. And they talk, and they talk through it, and now they have this relationship. They had not met in person. But they have talked on the phone like every day this this uh, summer and fall, and they met. There's a story that came out. Uh, we'll, you know, I'll tweet out the link, or you will. Really, really, they sat cool. by each other at the game. How about that? Fonda seems like a great individual. She's a lovely human being yeah. and just full of joy and happiness. And it was it was really fun to see her and and watch her interact with the IUs. Uh, my rise and shout-out goes to uh, Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941, yep. and that's because you and I, for the first time, had the opportunity to go to the Pearl Harbor Monument uh, before the Hawaii Bowl last year, and that was a super emotional experience. Yeah, the team was there, we were there, and uh, you just think about what happened today, right? And uh, a lot of people died, a lot of people were affected. It so puts things we, in perspective. We remember sure. them. All right, our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, I ran out of time. Conversation continues on the Internet. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Dustin Gabriel. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs!